Hello, everyone, and welcome to the unpredictably timed and sporadically produced podcast that is What the Heck is in My Garden. Now, whilst all podcast topics are very near and dear to my heart, this week's topic is one that holds a very special place in my life, as it is a species that will not only wake me up at unintended hours of the morning, but will also commit the cardinal sin of fighting, scaring, and attacking other native birds in the garden. You know and love them, let's find out what the heck is a minor bird. Before we do get into the nitty gritty of our minor bird friends, we do need to distinguish between some of the common species we might be running into in our backyards. However, before we do get Australia-centric, a quick shout out to the common hill miner, a Sri Lankan native that is purported to be one of the world's best mimics which is not quite what you'd expect from a bird with the same name as another bird that can truly cause some of the greatest irritability I've ever experienced on a Sunday morning. And whilst we're on names, there are actually two different ways to spell minor. Well, technically there are three, but the third spelling only has a difference of an H on the end. The first is minor, spelt M-I-N-E-R. This is the case for the noisy minor bird, whereas the common minor is spelt M-Y-N-A depending on where you read it. The word minor actually comes from a Sanskrit word, madana, which means joyful or delightful. This is of course quite ironic because my experience has clearly been the opposite. As for the noisy minor bird, whilst I couldn't figure out exactly why the spelling is the same of the resource digging profession, I'm going to take the wild leap that an English speaking scientist only heard the name when told what they were seeing and understandably wrote down the closest English sounding word. But if you are aware of the correct origin of this spelling, please do reach out to correct this leap. But how do we actually distinguish between the common and noisy minor birds? Well, whilst they're very similar in characteristics and in their small build, their distinguishing features are thankfully very obvious even to colorblind folk like me. That is to say, the key difference between the two species is their very clear color palette. Noisy minor birds have a mostly gray body, whilst common miners are mostly dark brown. This was surprising to me, as whilst I had seen both of these descriptions in my backyard, they were so similar otherwise that I had thought them to be simple variations of the same species. But even further than this, not only are the noisy minor and common minor different species, but they are in entirely different families. This means that the noisy minor bird, belonging to the honey eater family Melophagidae, is more closely related to the wattle bird than it is to a common minor, a member of the starling family Sternidae. So I suppose this striking similarity is more due to our good friend convergent evolution than it is to family ties. Also just to recap, convergent evolution is when distantly related species evolve similar traits to fit similar circumstances. Another great example of this is how most fish have streamlined body and fins much in the same way that dolphins do, even though they are not closely related. Instead, these similar traits have developed because they are both water-bound animals. So now that we know what these two species are, why should we care about these creatures at all? And to that I will answer with three words. Invasive, territorial, and aggressive. Starting with a common minor, this bird has invaded or been introduced to a number of different countries and continents since its humble beginnings in Asia, including Hawaii, South Africa, parts of Europe such as Spain, Portugal, and even so far north as France, and of course, Australia. In all of these countries, they're regarded among the worst invasive species. 
so much so that they are often regarded as the cane toads of the sky. This is for a number of reasons, including their prevalence, but also because both species were introduced for insect control. However, along with being listed as one of the world's top 100 worst invasive species, a 2011 ABC survey indicated that the common minor population actually posed the greatest threat to Australian native species, beating out both the feral cat and the cane toad. But moving on to talk about the noisy minor bird, an even bigger issue arises. That is that this loudmouth creature is not, in fact, introduced. But in fact, the noisy minor bird is an Australian native. Now that might come as a shock to some of you, as we are taught that natives for the most part will work relatively harmoniously with each other, in the grand scheme of things. However, the word mostly here is in there for a reason, because this species is certainly not one that holds togetherness close to its heart. The native noisy minor bird is a territorial species that will attack birds of all sizes, from small fairy wrens to larger birds like crows and ravens if there are enough of them. And trust me, there are enough of them. I've also found a reputable source that says they've been known to attack bigger animals such as koalas, humans and cows if they wander too close. Which whilst I believe due to the wonders of peer review, I still find it hard to believe that they could take on a whole cow until I see it myself. But that being said, I've personally witnessed my garden's population of willy wagtails, fairy wrens and wattle birds bullied out of the space by groups of three or more noisy minor birds who attack in a sort of dive bombing strategy, ducking out of the way at the very last minute. But I am very happy to report that the wattle birds and magpies seem to have teamed up for this season to beat them out for the meantime, much to my delight. So what can we do about these troublesome creatures to ensure sustainable diversity in the future? Well, starting with a common minor, as it is an introduced species and unprotected, it can be culled, and many efforts have attempted to do just that. For example, in 2009, the Guardian newspaper reported the Canberra-based Indian Minor Action Group had culled 27,500 common miners in the past five years. But as you can probably tell by the prevalence in near every public space, it didn't have a great effect on the overall population. So much like the cane toad, the solution to the common minor birds long ago government approved introduction is still a work in progress. However, with noisy minor birds, culling is not an option. And why is that, you may ask? Well, as a native species, it is protected, meaning that in my home state of New South Wales in Australia, killing a noisy minor bird will result in a $22,000 fine. This means, in terms of protection, a noisy minor bird is on the same level as a wedge-tailed eagle, which seems to me to be a tad bit underthought. Despite its protected status, the prevalence and damage of the minor bird clearly hasn't gone unnoticed, prompting calls for culling for years. However, much like the common minor, culling the noisy minor bird doesn't seem to be an effective measure for the reduction of the overall population. A 2019 study from the Australian National University recorded a population of 510 noisy miners in a 208 hectare woodland plot. After this, a licensed cull removed all noisy miners in the area. 12 months on, the same plot was found to have been inhabited by 512, two more than previously, new noisy minor birds who had simply flown in to use the newly emptied space. Whilst this was an unexpected result, it demonstrates that culling does not seem to be the long-term solution to the problem of noisy minor birds, as they come back quicker than they can be removed, at least in a woodland setting. However, it's not a huge stretch of the imagination to believe that these noisy minor birds could repopulate at the same rate, if not faster, in metropolitan areas. As such, the solution is still being sought out for these airborne pests, with no clear end in sight. 
This might sound like a bit of a grim ending to this specific tale, but unfortunately, not all stories can be quite so happy as the joyful face of a sunflower. But what this episode can do is make you more aware of the world around you and the true reality of how the many species around us interact. In doing so, we can make small changes to our surroundings that might help repopulate the native species that the noisy minor birds are relentlessly evicting. A strategy currently being looked at as a potential solution is the development of base layer vegetation such as shrubs in order to provide shelter for the smaller, non-noisy minor natives. Although this of course doesn't solve the overpopulation issue, you have to start somewhere. From this, by planting bushier shrubs and developing denser woodland type environments in gardens, we too can do our little bit to provide shelter for these native species. And with that, this brings us to the end of our investigation into the minor bird, both common and noisy. If you want to read more about anything I've mentioned in this podcast, I've linked the sources in the show notes. But until next time, my name is Zach Arkley-Smith, and this has been the minor bird episode of What the Heck is in My Garden.